Welcome to Prima's 2019 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at the Public Risk Management Association. On this Prima podcast, Mike Otworth and Ben Eggert will discuss liability for police encounters. Mike is the Senior Unit Claim Manager for Genesis Management and Insurance Services. Ben is an attorney at Wiley Rain LLP. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taquan Gilbert. Taquan will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us, Ben and Mike. How do encounters with persons with mental illness differ from encounters with persons without mental illness? Well, they can be more challenging in a variety of ways. First of all, they can take much more time than other calls to service, which, as you can imagine, can be a drain on a police department's resources. Second, They require officers to have specialized training, which again can be a challenge when it comes to meeting the training requirements. And third, they involve repeat contact with the same mentally ill persons. And finally, these repeat contacts can involve volatile situations that can escalate, risking the safety of all of those involved. So what types of encounters do law enforcement officers have involving people with mental illness? We really see three types of encounters. The majority of encounters with people with mental illness are those that are committing some kind of nuisance behavior that may not be a crime at all, or at most it's a low-level misdemeanor type crime. So, for example, there might be a police call for a person who is acting loud, obnoxious, or they're unkempt and untidy and sort of causing attention to themselves with the public. The second type of encounter that we typically see involve persons who are at risk of harming themselves, either in a situation where they're trying to harm themselves directly or in the the so-called suicide by cop situation where the mentally ill person is attempting to provoke the police in a way that could lead the police to shoot them or otherwise harm them. The third type of police encounter we see are persons with mental illness who are at risk of harming someone else. These are the least common types of encounters that are typically presented with persons with mental illness. What is the extent of law enforcement encounters with people with mental illness? The good news here is that it's actually a relatively small percentage of total law enforcement contacts. And when I say that, I'm actually including calls that involve persons who officers believe have a mental illness. However, the real issue is with the fact that the officers will frequently end up returning to the same location throughout the year, meaning that the problem giving rise to the call is not resolved in the long term. So what happens is that the officers end up spending a lot of time trying to resolve situations with persons with mental illness which in turn takes time away from other police calls. Thanks for tuning in to this Prima podcast. Here are some words from Prima's marketing manager, Till Griffey, regarding Prima's Cybrary. Wish you had access to a database of risk management documents? Don't reinvent the wheel. Instead, as a Prima member, you have access to our Cybrary a digital library with an extensive selection of sample documents that every risk manager needs, including RFPs, job descriptions, checklists, 
work plans, insurance information, and even more. Use Prima's member-only Cybrary as a starting point for all your risk management-related projects. Visit Cybrary, that's C-Y-B-R-A-R-Y dot PrimaCentral.org. That's Cybrary.PrimaCentral.org. And if you aren't a member, what are you waiting for? Become a member today and receive access to this amazing resource. Thanks, Till. To learn more about Prima Cybrary, visit cybrary.primacentral.org. Now back to the podcast. What are the typical outcomes of law enforcement officers' responses to people with mental illnesses? The important thing to understand is that violent outcomes involving persons with mental illness are extremely rare. Even though every situation in which a a person with a mental illness presents some kind of risk for a host of different categories of persons involved, having actual violence is is a, a very rare situation. Most incidents involving law enforcement officers' responses are handled actually informally. No one is taken into custody. No one is connected to treatment. In the unusual situation in which someone is taken into custody, whether you're in a situation where there's an arrest or in the context of someone taken into custody for transportation to a medical or mental health facility, the persons with mental illness are generally more challenging for police officers to take into custody. But in terms of outcomes, police officers themselves don't experience injury with any greater frequency than the general population. And even though there are risks to others, the general population themselves also is not generally at any greater risk. What is the effect of specialized law enforcement response to people with mental illness? There are indeed a lot of different results that can be expected. The number one positive outcome is a reduction of injuries to the officers themselves. And another benefit is an increased frequency to transportation of persons to mental health facilities, which is certainly the goal of any police department in these types of situations. By doing so, this obviously reduces the contact between the mentally ill person and the police officers going forward. And finally, and a very important reason, It leads to a reduction in costs for any escalated law enforcement response, such as SWAT teams. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, check out Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.